This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning and happy Tuesday. This is Dana Oliva with Marketatomy, and we are here with Charged Up Studio, and I have once again Brandon Falcon with Falconics. We're continuing our social media digital footprint series. This week, we're going to be talking about LinkedIn and Twitter. Brandon, welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here once again. We've gotten such positive response on the other programs that we've been doing. And it's, it's really important now. Um, I'm sure you'll agree with, with what we've entered into over the last 15 months to get a good handle on our social media efforts and what's going to work for our companies, especially with small micro businesses who are, are still in those discovery stages. <laughs> as far as their social media and digital marketing. Next week, I think what we will be doing is discussing content. And perhaps you and, and Tyler, whoever, can give us some, some insight into how we develop our content and what type of content should be developed and distributed or posted. So let's get started. First of all, like I said, this session is on LinkedIn and Twitter, completely different than what we have been discussing, Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram. You know, we're talking about two different platforms here. Tell us a little bit about what's the difference between what we have been discussing and these two platforms. Yeah, definitely. So I think uh, the both have their own spot, obviously their own place in the world that's beneficial. Um, we see a lot of people flock to pl uh, platforms like Twitter, for instance, for things like news and just really keeping up to date with the most relevant uh, information on the go. <laughs> um, the Facebook, link, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, those platforms are good, but they're not typically the same as how, how Twitter has really established itself. Um, and it's really opened up the world to that, that flash of content. Uh, it's been really beneficial for um, political figures. It's been beneficial for really anyone outspoken. I don't want to just narrow it to just political figures. We just happen to hear about that the most. Um, so that's really been really beneficial. And I think the, the fact is, is that since they focus on just a set, set of characters that you can utilize on that platform, you can only say so much in a given tweet, it opens up the world for a lot more back and forth communication. So it makes it a lot more unique and fun in that aspect. Um, platforms like LinkedIn, on the other hand, uh, is their main focus is business, business professionals and, and things like that. Uh, we see a lot of universities take advantage of it. We see a lot of, obviously, business professionals take advantage of it. Uh, a lot of B2B interaction and sales going on, too. Uh, um, 
it just really strong in the business world. Um, taking a lot of the, the, the personal side out of social and, uh, yeah, definitely have their, their place in this world as well. Well, I know I've used uh, LinkedIn from the very beginning of starting my business quite a bit because it was B2B. And yeah. especially when I was dealing internationally down in Brazil, I found that a lot of the resources that I needed to line up for my work down in Brazil, I found through LinkedIn. Yeah. And I found that this platform, LinkedIn, the LinkedIn platform has been more of uh, a platform where you can build that credibility factor among yeah. other business owners, among your B2B factor, as far as that's concerned. They have their, their groups, et cetera, where you can have open discussions. Absolutely. Okay. But now the advertising um, for either one of the, the Twitter or LinkedIn isn't near what Facebook and everything is as well. Can you talk a little bit about where the differences come in? Yeah, definitely. Really, like, like we, uh, in previous conversations, we've talked on how Facebook and Instagram really being the same thing, their marketing uh, and their uh, targeting efforts are uh, unparalleled. There, there is no brand out there really excluding Google. Google will be the only real competition uh, that has the amount of data points that they have. Uh, and this is solely because of the amount of users on the platform. They, they are the biggest platform. Twitter and LinkedIn, on the other hand, are great if you know who your end target is, your audience is. They're, they're great for, again, LinkedIn for B2B. If you are a business professional looking to prospect, sell, uh, generate leads, so on and so forth from another business, LinkedIn is fabulous. Our organization is a, a, a company that provides services to other companies. LinkedIn is amazing for us. Um, Twitter, on the other hand, is great as well. If you want to get your message out to the masses, um, you can you can run ads for your posts as well, kind of get even more eyeballs on it, so on and so forth, which is great. Um, but again, it's it's not as big of an audience. It's very more like-minded individuals that all use Twitter or will all use LinkedIn, whereas Facebook and Instagram are more of a catch-all where right. everyone, everyone, no matter who you are, falls into it, which allows just for a lot more data points which allows for much better ads. Right, right. I find that part of the value with both of these platforms, that even though they differ, they are more customized yeah. to the business, okay? For instance, on LinkedIn, what I find is, okay, let's say I have a particular market I want to go after, or there's a particular company that I want to get into, I can easily go into LinkedIn and I can search for that company and then find out, okay, who are the, who are the decision makers within that company? And then I can connect with them or, you know, generally it starts with a connection yep. as much as you can. And then starting to develop that relationship through LinkedIn. Whereas on Twitter, what I find beneficial is like you said, reaching the masses, but more customized. Like I would have my own at symbol and, you know, and things like that. And so if I'm giving a presentation or I'm in a conference and I want to basically let everybody know that this is going on right now, I can do that in an instant. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now explain to me, or to the audience, okay, how these two platforms should be integrated 
into your overall social digital footprint. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say first, make sure you can identify who your end audience is. I think that's where a lot of marketers or even just businesses in general get confused. They don't realize what, what platforms they need to be on. They don't necessarily see the, the, the value yet because they don't understand the differentiate differentiations between them. Um, and that's so, why we're having this. The, this exactly. series is to help small and micro business owners understand what each platform, who it reaches and, and how they can make these decisions. Exactly. So I, w- I would start by saying LinkedIn, for instance, um, if you are a B2B, so obviously if your business services other businesses, this is a platform you want to definitely be considering and be on. I would say in your top three, I almost always are going to say Facebook every time. I don't care what your business is. There's a, there's, there's an audience on Facebook, Instagram, most of the time, same exact story. Again, there's select instances. We work with a government contracting company. They did their audience was not on LinkedIn or their in, I'm sorry, Instagram. They just did not care. Uh, and they were right. Their, their audiences were governments. <laughs> we're not looking on Instagram for that. But LinkedIn, their audience was at, uh, and we wanted to be on there. So LinkedIn is going to be very strong for anyone that services other businesses. If you service in customers, so for instance, you sell ice cream, you, uh, you're an ice cream shop, you uh, sell clothing, boutique clothing, those types of things. It, is a, it, it could be a hit or miss. It might be great for finding suppliers and those types of things, but it won't necessarily be where your actual end customers at. It's not where someone's going to typically click on an ad, click on a post, and go make a purchase. That is your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your Pinterests of the world. Um, so that's more so your LinkedIn. On your Pinterest side of it, its strength is really, I, I, I feel like I'm a little biased on it. I usually say it's one of two approaches. Um, if you are an outspoken business and you want your message to be heard by many, typically that is a, uh, a well-spoken CEO or someone of leadership. I, I like to give the reference of like Elon Musk, where mm-hmm. he utilizes his Twitter to give micro messages and it, and it like little, here's this, here's that. And it just blows up the internet. Um, if that is your personality, then Twitter mm-hmm. is great for you. Um, if you're on the flip side of it, maybe it's not you, but maybe your company produces a lot of video content or a lot of blog content or educational infogra- information based content. Um, sometimes Twitter is beneficial just to pump that out to the web because what happens is the social, what we call a social signal itself won't necessarily be beneficial. You're not going to get a million people clicking on your link typically and, and stuff like that. But what you will do is create signals around on social media that link back to your website, which gives you SEO credit, which gives you found on Google better. So what you're really doing is helping build out a network of little links all over the place uh, that point back to you. So if you are not doing one of those two things, then Twitter is not always going to be beneficial to you. You can probably use your energy better somewhere else. But if you're good at those two things, Twitter is a great resource. Well, and I know that's probably why you use your hashtags and your at symbols when you're doing your Facebook and your and your Instagram and things like that, right? Now, I would imagine that your at symbols and your hashtags that you do on Facebook and, and Instagram and things like that, that you include in your posts is to kind of tie in that integration with, with Twitter and, and, you know, other um, platforms. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's really yeah. what it is. We're trying to um, departmentalize our content to get in front of the right people. Uh, and this is assuming our hashtags are in, in line with where our audience is at. So, okay. Yeah. And that's also to kind of increase your market reach as well, because especially if, 
like you and I, you know, anything that we post as far as the podcasts are concerned, and I include in the post, I include Falconics um, hashtag and, and at symbol and all this other stuff. So what we're doing is we're actually expanding our reach by yeah. doing that as well. Absolutely. We're getting ourselves social proof for awareness in the market, um, bro- growing our reach. And obviously the people that can see our content, I like to tell people getting eyeballs on our content. Uh, and then lastly, we validate because we're intertwining our content. We're, we're validating each other, which also allows us to introduce our brands to our, our partnership or whoever other people are doing it right. to their audiences as well. So really giving you additional reach. Getting away from just the platforms now, when, um, as, as a lot of our listeners know, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the book that you and I have written. Yep. That's, that's uh, where it's currently scheduled to be released on May 10th, but we've got pre-sales that are going to be starting within the next week. Um, awesome. But in that book, we talk about the credibility aspect when it comes to social media and creating that digital is the fact that we are, for instance, doing this together, is that more of a credible presence than just me personally? Yeah, definitely. It, it really allows us to, to double our reach because of the fact that we're, we're tying two brands together and, and going out there, uh, assuming the brands have complementary audiences and interests. Exactly. And in any business, not even, even in ours, there's going to be slight variations, but the main core aspects of these platforms look at are going to cross. We work in similar areas. We focus on similar areas. We both are, are, are brands focus in on helping versus just servicing. Right. Um, a lot of our content's based around that. Uh, and those types of micro data points is what allows us to get a further reach and the platform see, hey, look, two different brands are moving in the same direction. This must be relevant and important. Give them more focus. Um, and yeah, so it definitely helps. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm not familiar enough with the ad side of LinkedIn. Are you? Yeah, definitely. I'd like to, I'd like to know more about the ad side because I know on LinkedIn, okay, for instance, it used to be even as much as a year and a half, two years ago, you, you were not to connect with anybody you didn't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's changed. Yeah, considerably. Now it opens up to where anybody can reach out to connect with you. You have to accept it, but anybody can reach out to you. And now what they've done is the algorithms they've built in. There, there are plat, there are apps or whatever to where it will automatically reach out to connect to people. And then once you're connected, it automatically pops up a message. Yep. Okay, that gets kind of old. After a while, <laughs> what's the best way of using LinkedIn when it comes to ads and, and messaging and that type deal? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, LinkedIn strength is definitely the direct messaging, um, like you mentioned. So it can get old. It can get uh, tiresome uh, quickly. Uh, I think a lot of us already notice that. Uh, we see that saturation of, okay, I've got 30 more emails since yesterday in my inbox uh, this is a little ridiculous. And then you just go down mass deleting. Uh, and I, I totally get that. Um, but I also, I mean, that's, part, that's part of what's happening with COVID anyway. You know, we're having to utilize whatever we can to get in yeah. front of people, but that relationship aspect comes in first. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like I can speak from, from both sides, being the one receiving all those spam ones, 
Uh, and and I, I say spam is the fact of there's just a lot of them that don't put a lot of effort into their their outreach and their marketing exactly. is very generic and it's very apparent. Yeah. Um, I can also speak to it on the opposite side of that where we also do that type of outreach. I usually don't do bulk uh, bulk content, but we do enter certain industries that we feel comfortable and confident in that we can bring value to and we reach out and introduce ourselves and, and um, my whole goal, and this is just kind of something across the board in all of our marketing efforts is we don't go right off the bat trying to sell anything. We usually don't even try the first two or three times. The full, the, the, our thought is, is build value. If we build value with people uh, and, and uh, users, because at the end of the day, a business is just a person. There's a person at the right. other end. Right. If I can make a genuine interaction, communicate or a connection with you, then you are more than likely willing to hear me out and see if we do have a good match. And then at that point, it's just a numbers game. So if that's the case, okay, let's say, you know, on LinkedIn, if I wanted to kind of reach out or whatever, maybe offering something of value rather than just a phone call, okay, Absolutely. offering something of value so they could get a feel for who you are and what you have to do rather than trying to just set up an appointment. You know, to me, there's only a certain number of hours during the day. So if I was to say a free webinar and explain what the webinar is or something and invite them to sign up for this webinar, that would kind of introduce me and my company and possibly offer value. That would be a good way of doing this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's a great one. Uh, a lot of brands do that regularly. We, be, we even do it periodically. Uh, again, I believe in doing it first, make that interaction, that relationship first, reach out without a per without a uh, um without a, a request from them yeah uh, then i move into the uh, uh offering some sort of poker offer and stuff like that and usually it's very specific very niche down and it's for a certain audience uh and we do a very small webinar so they they have the opportunity to actually interact and engage because again they've only heard of us two or three times at this point maximum um not a lot of people are willing to give up an hour sometimes even more of their time when they don't know who you are, they're waiting for that, that sales pitch because they're so overwhelmed and so saturated with it constantly from everyone else. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Definitely. And so do you have any kind of an idea of what the, an ad spend would be? Yeah. LinkedIn? So it can, it could be all over the place, to be honest. <laughs> I think if you were specific with what you're going after. So for instance, um, you were going after, uh, Lead, lead generation, typically, like, again, it's for businesses, lead generation or have a one-on-one -on -one interaction, um, you can pay anywhere from $5 to $50 a lead. So it, it, it varies a lot on that platform because of the fact that they don't have all the data points that you might get on, say, Facebook. So again, not bad. It's just you really need to know that your audience is on there. Ways that you can encourage that is we can build audiences if you have some email addresses of previous customers uh, uh, you can go out and build a, a concerned audience and you can actually get that cost significantly lower. So if it would high side be 50 bucks, you might knock it down to $25 a lead. So between $5 and $25, again, a big gap without actually knowing more data. But usually I tell people don't enter a market without $500, $500 at the bare minimum. I usually recommend to get into because you need some room to fail. Uh, a lot of brands feel that you can just go in and turn on ads and they're going to bring a result instantly. And it just doesn't work that way because every audience is different. Every company that's offering services is different. You have little nuances that make you unique and we need to be able to identify and educate the end user right. on those unique things that allow us to either stand out or become problematic. Um, so 500 bucks gives us some wiggle room to test it, to learn it and get basic numbers 
to figure out what the following months are going to be to find consistent success. Okay, okay. Um, and and um, I do know that with LinkedIn, they have different levels of membership, yep. you know, in LinkedIn. And if you're on the free platform, you're limited in some, some of the things. You're limited in, in some of the things. And I find that I have been on the free one. I've been on the paid one, which can get up to like $50, $52 a month, you know, whatever. And then I've also done the um, more extended one, which was $70 a month. But with that, I had the sales module, which would allow me to actually go in and reach out to people I wanted to. But the critical thing is, is knowing who is searching your, your LinkedIn profile. And if mm -hmm. you know who is coming and searching your LinkedIn profile, you can also get a better understanding who the audience is that you could be reaching out to, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You can start to see who you're, who, who's being drawn in by you. Uh, and then obviously vice versa, you can reach out to those individuals that, uh, that, that you're interested in. And a lot of times with the sales navigator portion of it, which is what you're mentioning, the seventy exactly. price point, um, it allows you to pull a lot of their personal data too, meaning not, not negatively, but like their uh, direct email address or their phone number on file, though you get access to those types of things. So if you're either a recruiter or even just a, a, um, a charismatic individual that wants to pick up the phone and actually give that individual a call, it gives you access to that. And for $80, honestly, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And I know with the sales navigator, you can also do some direct messaging. Yep. You get a much higher limit. You know, as far as that's concerned. Now, the other advantage or value that LinkedIn brings to the table, correct me if I'm wrong, is resource connection, employees, mm -hmm. you know, yep. looking for employees and, and being able to find those people who might be a good fit for your company. Yep. The, the, um, the HR side of it and hiring side of it uh, is a great tool. And that's really what I think it was originally built for was right. the, the hiring side of it. Uh, I know a lot of, uh, of individuals that utilize this regularly and they're, they're beasts at it. They're just, they're just amazing at being able to utilize this without great candidates. Um, and yeah, it's a great resource if that is what you're after and looking to do. Um, so really Sales Navigator offers on, on the LinkedIn side a lot of um, variations that can really make you successful. Right. So, you know, as far as like an early stage company, when it comes to LinkedIn, would you say that the free membership right now is probably a good place to start just to get yourself recognized out there and start participating in some of the groups that are out there that are, you know, um, basically what you do, getting involved with these groups and I don't want to call them colleagues, just people who you can be conversing back and forth with, you know, like-minded individuals. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend that. We believe in doing that regularly. Uh, part of our, our strategy is not only just outreach to, to consumer or, or to, to customers right. of ours, but we do interact with other brands similar to us because at times most of us feel that we, we specialize in certain areas. So we're not crossing over. So I have, uh, for, for instance, we reach out to other marketing agencies regularly to yeah. build networks, connections, so on and so forth, because there's, we're stronger as a unit uh, and we bring more value, we're smarter, we're better in every which way, as long as we realize we're not here to compete. And a lot of well, times- it's we, like a mastermind, basically, exactly. when you think about it, you know, as they say, two brains are better than one, two minds are better than one, you know, that type deal. But um, okay, okay. Now, Twitter, I, I want to get, um, I want to pull in um, Google. 
the paid ads, because we yep. haven't really talked that much about that. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the fact that our previous podcast, we talked about Google searches being those that 1% that's ready to buy now. Yeah. Give me an idea of what we're looking at if one of our listeners wanted to participate in Google ad buys. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are we looking at as far as po- potential costs, that type deal? Yeah, definitely. So Google ads, AdWords, PPC, all being the exact same thing. Currently it's called Google ads. Um, but yeah, all of those are pretty much the reference in the same thing, having ads pop up on Google. Um, like we've mentioned previously, the benefit of, of Google ads is that it is more of a um, direct response to a need. People are going on there searching for a problem that they have, like uh, in-ground pools in Central Florida, for instance. It's going to pop up all the local providers that provide those services. It'll offer all the companies that make them, that can ship them to you, every variation you can think of. That is what Google's job is to do, is give you options. Uh, whereas, obviously, the social is more so interruptive uh, ads, which is, you're going about your day, you're scrolling, you're searching through social media. And based on all your past activities, we've identified that you probably qualify for this product or service and and you might be interested. So you have to understand what your goal is with this. Um, With that being said, a combination of the two is where magic happens. You're not only catching them while they're hunting uh, and they're looking for something actively, but you're catching them when they're not because maybe they started a search like most individuals say you're going to buy a car. You typically don't make one search and then go buy your car. You make a you get some information and you search around, you get reviews, so on and so forth. And so it's, it benefits these bigger brands and even smaller brands to interrupt you with social media to keep putting their product in front of you consistently. I mean, even on your TV now, that is their goal is to make sure they track you everywhere and get in front of you. So Google has a place for all that. Um, as a price point, it typically is a little more expensive than social ads, even more expensive than like what Facebook would do. Facebook, I would consider is one of the more affordable platforms. Um, so it's a little more expensive. It, it can vary widely in price point, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because we have a lot more generalized competition because they, they compete based off of keywords, whereas usually social media can do keywords as well, but they go off of habits. So based on your habits, Facebook will target you. But based off of Google, it's the terms that you're searching that you'll pop up. And then at that point, it's a bidding basis. How much are you willing to pay? So it goes literally to the highest bidder. So if you want to pop up at five o'clock on a Friday for the best Mexican restaurant in Central Florida, you're probably paying the premium price point because they know it's Friday. You just got paid. They know uh, it's local to you. And there's 50 other near- ones nearby. You're paying the premium price point as an advertiser to get someone to click your link. Um, whereas maybe Sunday at nine o'clock in the evening, you're going to be paying a fraction of that. So understanding that's how it kind of works. Um, okay. Google has definitely a spot in the business that allows you to easily be found, easily be recognized and get social awareness or just really just awareness in general um, right. before that. That's really the short term of it without me going into crazy. Yeah, more no, no, no. I understand. I understand. You know, there's a lot of, it's just like TV um, time buys. Or yep. radio time buys, you know, depending on the peak periods and peak use periods and everything, you're going to be paying more than you are, you know, yeah. during off, you know, two o'clock in the morning. You know, it's it's important for our audience to understand that this is an integrated approach across all social media platforms, whatever's going to service you most. And then even with any of them you have to provide that value or that 
message that's going to convert. Yep. And we're going to get into more of the content development and the content next week on our podcast. But um, yeah, just getting them to click, you're paying for that click. But if you don't hold them, you're wasting your money. Yep. If you don't hold them and convert them, you're wasting your money. Yeah, the the ad buys that you the money you spend on the ads is strictly to get them to click through. Yep. Right? Guarantee that the conversion is what you're getting. At. And I absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, there's always that misconception that it uh it's going to get that 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 guaranteed conversion just based off of one ad. And that typically is not the case. Yeah. Um, which is where we recommend things like the social advertising, which is either social ads or even social organic, which the organic doesn't cost anything, but it keeps awareness. The SEO activities, which helps you be found on Google for free. So not only are you popping up when they click you on on the ad and such, but when they look around the website, they see some content and they come back later on that you continue to pop up for the terms that that they are searching. We're, We're more so educating them on what we want them to search in the future. So we're making sure we build an entire ecosystem around solving the problem that we know they most likely have. So you, my usually my, my feedback is, is whenever you come in or I come into a business, what are the three to five problems that you are solving? Like five being maximum. And we need to focus in on making sure we have a complete system around all of those, uh, of those questions pretty much. Okay. Okay. You know, for the last um, few weeks, Brandon and I have been talking about, you know, the different um, social media platforms and things like that. And we've been trying to give you an understanding of what each of the platforms do, who they reach, trying to understand which ones that you want to include in your social media digital footprint. Um, But included in that actual social media outreach We need to also be thinking about content. What's going to generate those clicks? What's going to generate that? But at the same time, we need to be thinking about, okay, you've generated that click. As Brandon has said, it takes more than one time. So again, we have to think as part of your social media digital footprint is how are you going to follow up with those people? How are you going to collect the information that you need and be able to follow up with them and keep them in your pipeline until you can, you know, convert them to an actual sale. And that's where we start getting into some of the other aspects, such as what email marketing, some yep. of your other digital market email marketing. What else? SMS marketing. SMS marketing, which is fairly mm-hmm. new, but yep. it's still it's now my phone is being bombarded with yep. all of this, you know. So how can you, as a micro and small business owner, how can you stand out from all of these other messages that are getting out there and you're getting lost in? How do you stand out? And that's where the professionals like Brandon or myself or, you know, or somebody else, that's how we can uh, help you with this. Anything else, Brandon? I think that's the, the core there's, of those platforms. There's so much, obviously, like you oh, there's There is so much. There's... Um, there's also um, some of the platforms that I have been introduced to lately. They're mastermind platforms and things like that. But there's one that I've been introduced. I've only tried one time. And so far, it's been successful. It's oh. a um, virtual introduction platform called Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yep. Okay. And I had my first call with that one um, just yesterday, a gentleman out of New York. 
basically along the same lines as I am strategist, but we complemented each other. And I was really impressed with their follow-up afterwards, you know, their follow-up, how was your introduction? How did things go? You know, what did you get out of it? You know, that type deal. Yeah. And that automated process, I think is critical for keeping that relationship going. Yep, absolutely. I think the, I think there's a lot of professionals out there and we've even caught that previously as, as you develop an organization or a marketing company or even any business, right. uh, you think that there's always that one, stra- that, that one straight approach. I can go do this one action and it's going to get a result. But in reality, it's a combination of multiple actions leading someone through a system or a funnel that allows uh, for it to run smoothly like a, like a business should run or like a machine should run. Not, right. it, it doesn't run by just having an engine and gasoline. It requires other parts to make it all run. Uh, yeah. And that's where once you realize that and realize that there's a system that you can put together that I don't want to say guarantees, but they can get a consistent result typically, mm-hmm. that's when magic happens. And, and that's where individuals like yourself and myself that we put all these together for, for companies and such and um, allow that to have a consistent solution that just works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brandon, that ends another podcast with us. It yeah. seems like it's just gone by like that, you know, as far as this is concerned, but um you know, it's been a, a really good series. We've got one more to go as far as this is concerned. Again, like I said, Brandon and I have co-authored a book called Social or Sociopathic Due to Release May 10th on Amazon Kindle. And But we will have pre-sales starting this coming week. So we welcome you to go in and look for Social or Sociopathic. You're going to get a, a tremendous discount with the uh, pre-sales. Normally, the book would go for $9.99. It's actually being offered for $2.99 on Amazon. We hope you go in and get it. Um, Brandon, once again, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you if they want to find out more about developing this social media digital footprint? Yeah, definitely. Um, As always, you can find me, Brandon Balkan, at pretty much any platform, <laughs> but you can also find our organization, which is Falconics. Um, I tell people the easiest way to find it is it's the word Falcon, just like the bird with an I-C-S at the end of it. So Falconics, we're on every social platform you could pretty much think of. So feel free to reach out and myself or one of our team members are more than happy to help answer questions or jump on a call and see what we can do for you. Very good. Very good. And again, my name is Dana Olivo with Marketatomy. Um, and Charged Up Studio. If you want more information on myself, you can reach me at dana.olivo, and that's dana with two N's, dot olivo at marketatomy.com. And that concludes our podcast for today. We look forward to talking more next week. Thank you. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.